save the series. Uh, I think just almost exactly a year ago, we kick-started this series. Um, and I think you can agree with me that it's been a, a wonderful journey uh, going together, uh, looking at Jesus through the lenses of Luke as he's been narrating the story of Jesus. You can open the Bibles to Luke chapter 6. That's where we are today. And uh, if you are curious, you'll be thinking, okay, episode, um, sermon number 41, and uh, it's been a year already, and we're in Luke 6, and you're thinking Luke has 24 chapters, so by the time we get to chapter 24, it will be 2030. No, don't worry about that. We'll, um, we'll fast track our, 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 our sermons in, in the next coming weeks, and they will certainly get through Luke, but we're taking our time looking and severing Jesus uh, through the book uh, of Luke. The title for my sermon today is Kingdom Economics. Kingdom Economics. We'll begin looking at Luke 6, verse 30. And uh, last week, Pri uh, Prince preached so wonderfully about some of these verses uh, that, that, you, that you're going to look at today. And uh, the great thing about the Word of God is that you can open or preach on exact same verses, but God can give you a different message because the word of God is so powerful and it is so rich. And I hope that uh, he's going to do the same thing today. Luke 6 verse 30. Give to everyone who begs from you and from the one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. You know, I read something this week, uh, which was funny or not funny. Uh, someone said, you know, there is not even a single smile to people who own uh, Jojo tanks these days. <laughs> because, uh, you know, with the whole, with the water crisis, they don't want to give you a chance even of asking for water, you know. And this maybe sounds funny or true, but uh, it's, it may be true that even some believers are doing that because it is in our human nature to be self-seeking, to want things for ourselves, want things and don't want to share with others. And, um, you know, sharing is something that we learn growing up. You teach our kids when they, as they grow up that, you know, you share with other people, share with other kids. Uh, and some kids know that not sharing is caring. And unfortunately, some of us, as we grow up, we lose that. We don't want to share. We want to keep things to ourselves. And we live, a, we live in a world that tells us that, no, every man for himself or every woman for herself. But we find here Jesus teaching something different from what the world is teaching us. It teaches us that we must give to everyone who begs. And I think I like the, the NIV translation. Which, which says, give everyone who asks you. Because I think sometimes when you think of begging, we think of maybe a beggar in the street that you meet was begging from you. No, no, no. This translation says someone who asks from you. So asking could be anyone who's asking any, anything from you. And maybe let me take off my jacket. You know, I, I, I put it on because I was feeling a bit uh, sick, but it is, it is disturbing me. It's holding me back. And I don't, want to be, I don't want to be held back because I want us to hear this message this morning. 
you know, I think you can summarize what Jesus is saying here by that we must be generous people. We must be generous. As a Christ followers, we must be characterized by generosity. We must be characterized by giving as believers in Jesus. And the very essence of Christian faith, of Christian community was built on generosity. We find it as early as in Acts 3, when the believers, when they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing it amongst themselves as any had need. This is what built this Christian faith. Generosity was part of Christian believers, of early Christian believers. It was never a man for himself or a woman for herself, but they shared together. They were doing the exact same thing that Jesus is teaching us this morning. You know, I was listening to the colleague of mine <clears throat> this week uh, who's a Muslim, and he's saying that uh, Islam is the most um, uh, generous or giving uh, community of faith in the whole world. He's saying, especially now that they're going through the month of Ramadan, that, uh, they're, that they're giving even more. And was making such examples of like gift of the givers, that many of them are Muslim. And I was just thinking, you know what, that may be true, or maybe not be true. But I think us as Christians, we must be known to the world. We must be characterized by that. People must say, no, 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 no. Christians are the most generous people in the world. Because it's what, it's what Jesus commands us. We shouldn't hear people saying, no, 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 Muslims are the most generous people. We as believers in Jesus, we should be the most, we should be characterized by generosity. And when we give, we must do that to the pure and the willing heart. We must give with an intention to bless. We must not just give because we give for the sake of doing it because we want to be seen, want to be recognized, but we must be give with a heart that is willing with intentions to bless. You know, when, when you give someone, there is no need of reminding them that you have given them. There is no need of, you know, when, 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 you, when you give someone uh, a shoes or something, there's no need when you meet them in public, in a mall, and exclaiming, oh, I didn't think that those, those shoes I gave you were going to fit you. <laughs> like, no. Embracing that person now. Like, that person now, like, hey, you can see that they feed them. Just keep quiet and, and you know, you, 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 don't, you, don't, you don't give and remind. I think that as believers, also, we should create a culture of giving, um, where giving and sharing is part of our culture, that people in need, <clears throat> they're not scared or, or feel embarrassed to ask, you know, that when someone is in need, can just come and, and say, you know what, can I have something, can I need something, what that culture is created, is amongst us. Sometimes when you hear someone going through something and you say, like, ah, oh, you should have said which is true, but sometimes we, we don't create a culture of people being comfortable to come and, and ask when they need. You know, as RLC, maybe that kind of community where we 
we're, we're, we're giving and sharing is part of our culture, where people who are in need are comfortable to come and if I need something, I can approach David. I know that I won't be judged. May we create a culture like that. You know, we, as believers in Jesus, we, we, we must not be known as, as, as stingy. There, there shouldn't be something as a stingy Christian. Because stinginess shouldn't characterize us, but, but, but generosity or giving should what character, characterizes us as believers in Jesus. You know, we have so many opportunities in our church. We have so, such a diverse, diverse church. If, 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 if we, we, we have a car and someone doesn't have, be generous enough to give a lift. You know, don't pass someone who's walking and look that way, coming to, and, and, and we're coming to worship God together. And if you don't have a lift, if, I'm going to, if, I'm, if, if you're going to Galeria and I'm going to Galeria, it is okay for you to ask you have space in your car that I can, because we're a family. We should be sharing with one another. We should be giving to each other. We should be generous with our money, material things, cars. What about time? I think maybe time is one of the, also the most important gifts you can give someone. To, to be generous with our time. You know, some people, they just need time for someone to listen to them, someone to hear them out, someone to hear what they're going through. Maybe we may not be able to fix their problems, but by just being there with a, to lend them a hearing ear. You know, maybe as a parent or a spouse, you can buy your children the greatest of gifts, your wife greatest of gifts, but if you don't give them that time that they need, you have missed something. Because something is important, is one of the important things that we can give. Sometimes we're in a rush, even after church, as soon as I say amen, there you are. You are out. You know, you're running away. Why don't you create time? Why don't you linger after, the, after, after, after service? Why don't you go for coffee? Why don't you greet someone? Why don't you meet someone? Ask them what, how... How are they going? How are they doing? Maybe by doing so, you can identify a need that maybe you can be of assistance to them. You know, we have spent much time on this word, give. Give. But maybe let's look at this, at, at the whole verse. Give to everyone who begs from you. And from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. I think here the word, the watchword that I want to focus on is everyone. I'm not going to get much into details about everyone because Prince preached so wonderfully last week about everyone. What does it mean to love everyone? I think the, the word everyone there is always in the Bible. It's always a key and a challenge because the Bible really commands us to do something and then it included words everyone. Because maybe sometimes it's easy to give your friends or people that you know, but once it says everyone, it changes everything. Giving and everyone, it is part of who God is. We find it in John 3, 
the most common verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish and but have eternal life. God loved the world, so what did he do? He gave his only son. That's whoever, you can put it whoever as everyone. You can interpret it as everyone who believes. When God gave Jesus, he didn't give to certain people. He didn't give just, just, just for the Jews or the Israelites only. But he gave him to everyone. All of us, especially when we accept him as our Lord and Savior. What does the world, the world economics teaches us? It teaches, it teaches that you, you, you can only give someone who can pay you back. You know, when, 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 when you want to borrow money from the bank or take a loan, uh, 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 they want all manner of proof that you can pay back. They want to make sure that this person can pay back before we can borrow the money, before we, before, before we can lend them or lend them the money. They want to know that you can, that, 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 that you can pay back. But what does Jesus teach us? Does it teach us to lend to, 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 to people who can pay us back? No, he doesn't, isn't it? But it teaches us to give to everyone who asks. In verse 34, he says, if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. So what, 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 what credit is to you if you're going to give to people who are going to pay you back? That is uh, my daughter there. She's, uh, you know, give me, give me an encouragement to keep on going. Maybe let, let, let's jump to verse 35. Verse 35 says, but love your enemies and do good. And lend expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. We touched about loving your enemies last week, so we're not going to go through that. But I want to look at this phrase lend expecting nothing in return. What does this mean? Does this mean when I give from money, money, I must not expect it back? If I give him money, then that, this is it. Maybe, depending on how you look at it, maybe yes, maybe no. But I believe the main message, the main message or, 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 for, for, for this verse is that when we are being generous or when we give, we should never do it expecting to get something in return out of it. Our giving must never be motivated by what we can get back. Our giving must never be motivated by, by what is in for me. But our giving must be motivated by love for one another. We should never do something as a favor for a favor. This is teaching us 
different from what, you, what, 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 what the world is teaching us. Jesus is teaching us a different message. If the world lends you something, it demands you, it demands its back, if with interest. If after doing all those checks and balances, the bank finally approves of your loan, you're not going to pay it back the same amount that they gave you. You're going to pay it almost double with interest because they demand it back with interest. You know, a few weeks ago, um, the bank wanted to take my, my brother's car. He lost his job uh, maybe three months ago. So he, he didn't have... He didn't make payments, so they wanted to take the car back. And was saying to me, um, you know, I've paid so much over the past two years. How come they are saying I'm still owing this amount? And I'm telling him, no, it's because we haven't started paying for the car yet. You're paying for interest. And he doesn't believe it. I'm like, no, because we haven't started paying. For the past two years, we're just paying interest. That's why you, you're owing this much. Because when the world demands... The world demands with interest. Must we live like that as believers in Jesus? No, I don't think so. We must not demand things with interest. When I learn from Nani, I must not, when I get it back, I must not be expecting to get with interest. I must not demand it with interest. And I think sometimes when we, oh yeah, he's saying amen there. I think, I think, I think also as, as, as a matter of principle, that when we borrow some, especially money from someone, and we promise that we're going to bring it back, what must we do? We must bring it back. If you say to someone, can you borrow me something? I'm going to give it back next week. What must you do next week? You must bring it back next week like you promised. It's a matter of principle. We must never use this verse and misquote it and say, no, 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 no. You must expect nothing in the return because you gave it to me. It should never be like that. If you borrow and you promise, you must just bring it back. You know, if you borrow and don't bring it back, what happens? It, 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 it colludes relationships with one another. That when I see Prince now, I look that way. When I see Prince, I look the other way. Because now I'm, I'm trying to run away from it. It just, it just destroys our relationship. This reminds me of a um, um, story where one of the moms at, at my, at my um, uh, son's school, uh, well, to the primary it is, like in the parking lot, she comes to my wife and she says, uh, all her problems, like, you know what, I'm battling with this and this. Can I please have a, a 500 rands? I will give it to back. I will give it to you back at the end of the month. And you know, from our understanding of her story, like, okay, here is the 500 rand. And um, the month end came. Obviously, she, she said nothing. Uh, she just, uh, she kept quiet. And, uh, you know, and a year later, A year later, just because, of, just because of principle, because she said I'm going to return it. Not that maybe uh, she wanted to demand it back or something, but because of her words, I'm going to bring it back out of the month. She reminds her, okay, 
So, have, have, have you forgotten me? And she's very apologetic. Oh, no, I'm sorry about this. Uh, this came up, this came up, and whatnot. But the end of that, the end of next month, I will give it to you. And uh, and uh, two years later, my my, my 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 wife was very patient with her. Two years later, then she sends another message. Hey, haven't you forgotten me? Not that she wanted 500 bucks, but she wants her to keep her word for what she said. And now a, a, a tune changes altogether now. You only chasing you chasing me for, for only 500 bucks. <laughs> for only 500 bucks, you're chasing me for so long. And you think if it's only 500 bucks, why are you not giving it back? So now when she sees us, she will run away, look that way, she gets in the car and drive off quickly. Because what we don't give back, it, it, it just colludes relationship that you have with one another. As believers, we must live lives that are marked by generosity. Let us go to verse 38. We want to spend most of my message this morning. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with this measure you use, it will be measured back to you. I want us to look at this verse in the context of giving to the church our tithes and offering. You know, I was thinking when I was preparing this message, that sometimes we, we, we teach on tithes and offering, and sometimes we only see giving coming to the church. And maybe sometimes we miss the message of, pre of, of preaching of teaching about generosity first as Christians. If people know you're stingy, you don't give when they ask you, how are you going to give your tithes and offering? You're not. Because that thing is not in you to give. We must be generous people first. Giving must be easy for us. It must come natural for us so that even giving our tithes and offering is going to come out naturally. You know, we can preach, the elders can preach until, I don't know what, people are not going to give if giving does not come out naturally. If we're not generous with small things. Let's look at this verse. I like the promise in this verse, he says, it will be given back to you. When we give, especially our tithes and offering, it will be given back to you. In fact, we, we get far more than we bargained for. We get far more than we've given. This is a promise that God says that it will be given back to us. And if God says it will be given back, it will be given back. We just need to trust God at his word. 
You know, the Bible uses the language of, of sowing and reaping. That as, 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 as the Israelites gave their first fruits of their crop, as they trust in God, what they will get back is maybe an example of grain. When, when, when you get it back, you, 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 you're not just going to get something that is half full in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, maybe in a bucket or so. But you're going to get something that is, that, 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 that is pressed down. There is no space in between. That is shaken together. That is overflowing. So what happens to us when we give to God? Our finances are going to get better. God is going to give us a full measure, shaken together, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing. You know, we just need to trust God at his word. We just need to trust God that he will do what he promised promise that he will do. He promises us a similar thing in Malachi, which is a popular also scripture when it comes to giving. He says, bring, to the, bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and put down for you a blessing until there is no more need. God says here when we give, we must, we can test him. God is telling us this, we, must, we can test him if we want to. If he will not open the windows of heaven. And, and pour out his blessing for us as we give. And give us a good measure. Pressed down, shaken together. I think when we read this verse, we're not trying to manipulate everyone uh, about giving. But we're trying to teach or want, we're trying to give the word of God as it is. We don't want you one day in heaven when you find out the life you could have lived. If, they, if, you, if, if we're faithful in your giving and say, those guys never told me, I don't see. If I knew that my life would have been like this, I would have, I would have gave even more. It's what God is saying. God said, you must test him in this and see if he's not going to open the windows of heaven. God is teaching us to be dependent on him. God lacks nothing. He doesn't need our finances, doesn't need our tithing, doesn't need our first fruit of anything. But he wants us to be reliant on him. That God, when I give you this, my, my first fruit, I'm relying on you. That you're going to carry me through the rest of the month. Giving tithe and offering is a command from God. It is not because the church wants to get your money, but it is because so that there may be food in God's house for day-to-day -day running of the church. So that our wonderful staff can carry on doing what they're doing, serving us as God's people. Why don't you make a decision maybe today that God, I want to put you to the test. I want to be faithful in my giving, maybe until the end of the year. 
if God hasn't poured out the blessings, if you, if you don't see any change, you can come to the elders, you can come to the finance team or leadership and tell them and say, you know what, I was faithful for the past, whatever, six months. And God hasn't met his part of the bargain. You can come and tell us that, but can you test him on that and see if your God and my God will not keep his word? And when we give, we must do so cheerfully and not reluctantly. Our giving must be full of joy. We must be joyful in our giving. We must not give under compulsion as if we are forced to give. Because God is not forcing us to give. Giving is about the attitude of our heart. The Bible reminds us to be cheerful givers in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. The Bible uses the principle also of, 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 of sowing and reaping. If you are sowing your seed and you are a farmer and you're supposed to be sowing in, on every line, but you sow on every third, third line and you skip two lines, what's going to happen during harvest time? You're going to reap half the harvest and it was your fault because you are sowing sparingly. But sometimes we do that as believers. Out of the 12, we, 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 are, we are fully employed. We are working. We've got, God has blessed you the job. But you only tithe five or six times a month. You skip a month. This month you give and this month you don't give. This month you give and the other month you don't give. And you wonder why you don't see any change in your life. You don't see God blessing in your life. Because we are robbing God. We are robbing God. You know, you don't just decide that this month I don't want to give, I don't want to tithe uh, because my finances maybe don't look so good. Uh, I'm not going to give this month. No. You sow anyways. God cannot bless you with a, with a job. A good job. Maybe, they, maybe let's make an example. Maybe you, you, you pay good money. I don't know what good money is. Maybe say 10,000 rand. And, 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 and every month you only give God 100 rand or 200 rand, you, you, you are robbing him. You are giving correct, but you are not being faithful in your giving. I know now the, 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 the amen sort of went down. Amen was a bit higher. But, 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 but it is true. But it is true that when, when, when God has blessed us with our job and we, we, we don't give what you ought to give, we are tipping God. God will just give you a tip. That's not what God wants. God wants us to be faithful in our giving. Listen to this promise in verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food 
will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. The seed that you have, the money that you have that you're giving, he who supplies it, God, because sometimes you can think that this is my heart and money or salary, but it's actually God who gave it to you. He says, he who gives you that money shall multiply it, shall supply it and multiply it for you to give again even more. Maybe let, 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 let us summarize this, these promises. As we give, it will be given back to us a good measure, pressed down and shaken together. As we give and faithful in our giving, God will open the windows of heaven for you or for us and pour down his blessings until there is no more need. Number three, as we give and be faithful in our giving, he will supply and multiply our seed for sowing and increase our harvest of our righteousness. Let us lend our message this morning by these two practical points. Number one, we need to choose to be generous. Generosity is a choice. You, 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 you just have to decide to be generous. You just, decide, you just have to decide to live a life of generosity. That when you have something and someone asks for you, you give. If you have something extra that someone is asking for you, you give. I remember it was last year when we went to a men's camp and Prince put a message there. I'm not trying to embarrass you, Prince, but just making an example. He put a message, I don't have hiking shoes. Anyone got hiking shoes? And then within a few uh, days later, he had hiking shoes. I think, he, I think they were from, um, yes, the Dempsey's. Keith, our late Keith. Keith said, I have a pair of hiking shoes. And when he went for a camp, he was rolling on a, on a great-looking uh, hiking shoes because our believer had of a need. And a brother responded, which was so great. He chose to be generous. We, we, we should decide in our hearts that I'm going to live a generous life. We should be also decide to be receptive or to be looking for need amongst each other. Because some people are maybe just shy by nature. They're not going to come forward. But as, as, as we engage with them, as we, as, as we come together as, as, as brothers and sisters, we're going to see need in people. And then we can be able to be generous and respond to those needs. We need to get to know someone's story. Because if you don't know someone's story, you can never know their need. And need to be generous in our prayers for one another as believers. Don't only pray for your needs, don't only pray for you. My prayer is my prayer, but pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for your neighbors. Be generous with your prayers too. Number two, we need to decide to live lives, lifestyle of faithful giving to God. It's also a decision that God I want to live a lifestyle of faithful giving to you. Why don't you make a decision today? It's, it's, it's the beginning of the month of May. You can make a decision today 
that today I want to live a lifestyle of cheerful giving and joyful giving, that I'm going to give to God. I'm going to trust you that with my finances, and the Bible teaches us that 10% of your, of your, of your, of your, of, of your uh, wages or salary, we give that to God. You can give more if you want, but I think 10% is the sort of guideline that God has given us to give. Why don't you decide that this month, I'm going to give of my salary. Before even debit orders come in, I'm going to give this much to God. And I'm going to continue until the rest of the year. Give knowing that, you know what, some of the debit orders are going to bounce. Because when I give this money, there's not going to be enough for the debit orders. But you trust him at his word. You, you, you test him on this. You, you, you test him on this. When, 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 when those agents, they call you and say, hey, you missed a month. You tell them, please, can you give me one more month? I'm still testing my God. And see that it's not going to come through for you. Give me one more month. I'm responding to the word. I'm, I'm choosing to give to God first. I want to see what he's going to do. And do it next month again. And see if your God, this great God, he's not a man that he should lie. He can't tell something in his word that he cannot keep. If he says it, when you trust him and you, and, and, and you are faithful in your giving, he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing. He's going to do that. Maybe you're saying this morning, you know what? I don't, I don't work. I only get peace jobs. Or I guess maybe, I guess maybe, maybe say I guess maybe 350 that the government is giving. So are you expecting me to give him a 350 as well? That the 350 grant? Absolutely. Not because the church or RSC wants your money. No, 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 no. But it is because God teaches us the principle of giving. You know, I, I, I learned this, this principle as a, as, a, as a university student. I was um, doing some maybe peace jobs, you can call them, being a receptionist at the rest, and you get, um, I don't know, maybe 200 rand a month as, as a salary, which was enough for a student because you can get some toiletries with that. But I learned that, you know what, with the 200 rand that I'm getting, I can still give to God. However much I was giving, it was 20 rand or something. It was not about my 20 rand, but it was a principle that God was teaching me that if God can trust me with 200 rands, he can trust me with more in the future. If I can't give from my 200 rands, how am I supposed when I had less? So even this morning, you're saying, no, I'm, I don't have much. From the little that you have, you can give to God. Not because... God wants your money because God wants, to God wants you to teach you a principle of giving. That when we, when we give, you depend on him. That he's going to provide for you. If you're getting that, if you're a student, you're getting pocket money. Maybe you're a student, you're getting NEFSA's uh, money. Must you give on that? Absolutely. The small rents that you have, because you're, cheating, you're teaching yourself a principle of giving. You're teaching yourself a lifestyle of giving with the little that you have. 
And these are decisions that can only be made by you as an individual. The church, the leaders of the church cannot force it upon anyone. Because if you stand in front and you force giving, it's not going to happen. Because this is an inward thing. It is a choice that you make yourself. That God, I choose to be generous. That God, I choose a lifestyle of giving for myself. In our giving, we must be motivated by God himself. He so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for us. As we are being motivated to give this morning, we also remember and showing gratitude of what Jesus did for us on the cross, bringing us to eternal life. When we give, we're not paying Jesus back because there is no giving, there is no sacrifice that is good enough to say thank you to Jesus. As we take this communion, it is a remembrance of what Jesus did for us. It's an encouragement for us, it's a motivation for us to say, Jesus, you gave your love to me. I'm also going to give to you all that you require of me to give. Give my body and soul to you. Give my finances to you, Jesus. Because of what you did for me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you that your word is alive, powerful, active, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. Thank you that even this morning you were sharpening us with your word. Thank you for sitting under your word that each of us can receive of your word. Thank you, Lord God. I pray that today may be a different day. That even some of us have made decisions in our hearts that moving forward, it may be different for us as we choose to trust and obey your word when it comes to giving. I pray this in your name. We thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen.